Jonathan Milner teaches AP U.S. Government and Civics and Economics to high school students at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. During his more than two decades of teaching, Jonathan has brought a level of passion, energy, and commitment to the classroom that's engaged his students in remarkable ways. But it's their concentrated work that goes on outside the classroom that may be most remarkable. In 2005, Jonathan founded Global Arts, an educational exchange program to expand his students' horizons and bring students together from the U.S., Eastern Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and Latin America. Jonathan says his field trips abroad have been life-altering experiences for him and for his students. Two UNCSA students join me today, senior violist Sean Mulligan and rising junior French hornist Meredith Bain. Tonight, they'll be performing an important concert to raise the funds that will send them and their classmates to Port-au-Prince, Haiti, where they'll join with and learn from the students at the Zanmi Beni Orphanage. The Haiti Project concert is free and open to the public tonight at 7.30 in Crawford Hall on the UNCSA campus. Jonathan, Sean, and Meredith drop by to talk about it. Meredith, you could do a recital in Watson Hall. What, why are you going all the way to Haiti to, to play? What's, uh, what's the draw for you and, and, and what, what uh, moved you to make that decision? Well, I'm super excited to go to Haiti to just to interact with the children, just see how they view the world as like there's a totally different viewpoint of the children in Haiti than from kids here. And I'm excited how that's going to affect my musical career by the influence of folk music. Folk music. Now, that's something that's a passion of yours? It is. Tell me about that interest. Well, <laughs> my sisters and I, we just love to sing. So just the collective making music with people is really the passion. So you'll get a chance to play with some of the, the students in Haiti? Yes, we're going to be forming a bucket band with the children so we can have a classroom setting of music and just use music as a means of communication between us and the children. What is a bucket band? A bucket band is where we're just going to go and we're going to use found instruments like percussion items, specifically buckets, so we can just make the music like a drum circle Great. type of deal. Yeah. Will you be bringing a French horn there as well or no? I will not. Okay. And you're studying with uh, David Jolly. Uh, French horn, one of the most difficult instruments to play in the orchestra, i got to say. You're blowing through, what, 35 feet of pipe? About 35 All wound up. Uh, (laughs) What has David Jolly given you in your education there at UNCSA? He's giving me such a great perspective on musicality and musicianship, just how to express yourself through the horn rather than use the horn as a means of, like, succeeding for the purpose of success. It's a way to express yourself. I got to say, he's one of the most musical players of any instrument I've ever heard, so I can certainly understand how musicality rubs off on his yes. students. Well, let's, let's hear a sample of that. What are you going to play for us today? I'm going to play an excerpt from Gilbert Venter's Hunter's Moon. Hunter's Moon. All right. We can evoke the sound of the moon here <laughs> live in Studio A. Well, let's hear it. Okay. Thank you. 
that's some beautiful playing. So that's Meredith Bain live in Studio A. And uh, what a nice, in such a short little snippet, you really get a sense of that, that setting. Uh, how, how about the preparation for that piece? What are some of the challenges horn playing wise and just sustaining that beautiful tone for that time? Well, horn playing is all about air. And that's a main point that I've been working on this entire year. It's about breathing from your abdomen and using the stream of air to just connect the notes and make it as smooth as possible. Nice. So that's a lot that goes into it. Good legato playing. Yes. <laughs> well, you've got that and then some. Thank you. All right. So that's Meredith Bain live in Studio A. And Meredith, thanks for coming to talk with us today. Thank you. Really appreciate, I appreciate it. it. And from horn to viola next and uh another uncsa all-star sean i got a chance to hear you play earlier in the year at that, that house concert i happen to know you're playing is wonderful as well but taking that sound to haiti what's the the draw for you how did you first hear about this opportunity and 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 why make that move it's a big commitment yeah well um i actually am not in mr milner's class uh this year but i was two years ago and so a lot of my friends however are in his class so when i heard that they were taking a trip to haiti to educate children through art um as an artist, that's pretty much all I want to do. And I think we often get to talk to the people through our instruments or through our art uh, in the community of Winston-Salem. But um, going to Haiti and, and kids who, you know, where, where the language of music and the language of art in general is so important because you either don't speak the same language or it's something they need. Like my teacher once said, you know, you look at people without, you know, homes or clothes or, or just not ideal situations you know, an orphanage or something like that, and you still hear them singing. And so that, if anything, is is why I want to go. Because if I can sing with them or teach them to sing or, or express themselves through music and, you know, hear what they have to say musically or, or just in any sort of art expression, I mean, that's why I want to go. It's a uh, it's different culture, and it, it would be great to share that kind of experience. It's really interesting. You both referenced singing, and, and uh, of course, the ideal for any instrumentalist is to be able to perform on your instrument as if you were singing. And a lot of teachers, uh, I don't know if, if David or Sheila does this. Sheila Brown, your teacher at UNCSA, encourages you to sing through the music before you, you perform. Do you ever do that with Sheila? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, she has perfect pitch, so she sings all the time. Um, but I, it's a little embarrassing to sing sometimes. But, yeah, she makes us do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I should say for uh, non-musicians, perfect pitch, being able to, uh, you, I'd say, sing a C-sharp, and she looked and sing that C-sharp, uh, regardless. And she, and she can recognize pitches. My wife has that same ability. I'm so jealous. Oh, I wish yeah, I had perfect yeah. pitch. But anyway, uh, I happen to know that you are, and as we just heard with Meredith, one who can play as if you were singing. And uh, what are you going to play for us, slash sing for us on the viola today? Well, um, I actually wrote a piece... Uh, two years ago, entitled Gareth Mahagat, which is um, Gaelic, if I'm pronouncing it right. Sorry, Mom, if I'm not. Uh, my parents are from Ireland, Dublin, actually. And um, so I wrote a piece to thank everybody that I would ever play for. And so this is the piece that I'll be playing for you. Gareth Mahagat performed live in Studio A, an original composition. And uh, this is Sean Mulligan performing on viola.
Sean, that's a beautiful piece. Thank you. Thanks. Really enjoyed that. What, who are some of your influences compositionally? Uh, well, really, actually, originally it was written for a girl. <laughs> okay. So, um, da da dee dum, you know, is sort of a longing. Uh, she was a really good friend of mine and still is. And um, I decided since I was thanking her that I would change it to thanking everybody. So, um, Very nice. And some of the Irish uh, undertones, it's just... You know, growing up listening to folk music and things like the Dubliners, you know, my parents were just always listening to some sort of folky, you know, Irish tune of some sort. Yeah. And you, some of the uh, the double and triple stops in that, I think there were triple stops, are just really uh, intense. I mean, the, is, there, is there a composer for, for solo viola that, that you've heard that, that kind of inspired that, that approach to the instrument? Or is that all, all Sean? Which is I, just fine, too. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I listened actually... Really, I, I'm probably a bad classical musician. I listen to a lot more um, outside music that isn't so classical. I don't know, like a lot of guitarists, actually. My roommate is a guitarist. And the idea uh-huh. to have an instrument where, you know, you're playing, but it sounds like more than one instrument, it's sort of, you know, to be able to do that, it's 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 awesome and empowering in a way uh, that I think conveys a message that is a little bit stronger. It really is. I just, I've always been a sucker for that. Great. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in and playing for us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Jonathan Milner with us. I should say Jonathan Milner, Marcellus Waddell Excellence in Teaching Award winner uh, back in 2002. Uh, Jonathan, welcome. Hi. Global Arts Project, eight years old now. How did it begin, and uh, how has it evolved? It began a long time ago when a gentleman who works at the United Nations came and talked to a class of mine. And the kids got so excited and engaged by his presentation that um, we took the story he gave us about Bosnia, and we ran with it. And the students did research, and they learned about Bosnia. They got maps out. They got you know computers out. They got books and the kids learned so much. Like what? Well, they really didn't know much about the war in Bosnia, the genocide that occurred there, the uh, the horrors of the 90s in the war. And by the end of his speech, they just wanted to know all they could learn about it. And later that year, we raised money, brought a kid over from Bosnia to study with us. And then subsequently, we uh, brought kids over for the next couple of years. Uh, some of my students went over to Bosnia. I got the chance to go over there and meet a bunch of people. And it was a really great, enlightening exchange where on both sides, people learn more about the world. It's a phenomenon. And we're talking about high school students? We're talking about high school students. And I've heard of, you know, well, our son just took a field trip to the Greensboro Science Museum. But taking students then to Africa, is that an offshoot of this, this program? Yeah, a couple of years later, I was lucky enough to work with the Amani Foundation and take a couple of kids. We took about 20 high school students to Nairobi, Kenya. <laughs> and, oh, what a great experience that was um, just to see that whole different part of the world and to have those experiences. It was a really rich, powerful time for, for myself, for my students, for the Kenyan kids that we got to know and still are friends with to this day. And then moving fast forward, uh, now you and your family spent some time in Haiti last year? Yeah, it? in December— uh, my son, Owen, who's nine, uh, my wife, Carrie, and I went to Haiti. Why did you go? What did you see there? What, what did you do? We've been involved with an organization called Partners in Health out of Boston. They've been in Haiti for about 30 years. They are a medical group. And I've just always uh, been really moved by their work that they do there. Haiti's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And I read a book called Mountains Beyond Mountains about 15 years ago by Tracy Kidder about Paul Farmer, who started Partners in Health and uh, works in Haiti. 
And ever since then, we've been supportive of that group. We followed their work. And we had an opportunity in December to go down to Zanmi Beni, which is an orphanage in Port-au-Prince, and to uh, work with the kids, meet the, the children of the orphanage. And it was a profound experience. One of those you mentioned to me earlier, Jonathan, uh, the experience of seeing a child who up until last year, I believe, was, was bound to his bed. Could, could you explain how that, how that can happen? In Haiti, uh, because, uh, as I said, it's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, people are terribly poor. And uh, if you're born with a disability, you are often abandoned at the hospital. So uh, the General Hospital of Port-au-Prince had a number of kids who were abandoned there and who basically grew up in the hospital, three to a bed at night. Some of them had never been outside ever in their lives. Patrick uh, was one of the children of the hospital, and he became mobile. They shackled him to a bed. Uh, It just... I can't imagine a more torturous life than that. And he was 18? How old was he? He was 18 when the earthquake hit. And uh, when the earthquake hit, the hospital was destroyed, and uh, the folks from Partners in Health showed up at the hospital that day and asked how the children were. And the director of the hospital said, they're fine, take them. Because there was nowhere for them to live, nowhere for them to stay. And that was the day that Zami Benny was born, the orphanage. And uh, over the next months after that, they started with tents, then they built buildings, and now there's 50 children living there. Half of the kids are disabled. They were formerly of the hospital, and half of the kids were orphaned by the earthquake. And so you've got about 50 kids living at Zombie Benny, and uh, it is an oasis of calm in the middle of the very frenetic city of Port-au-Prince. Mm. So you'll be interacting with, and your students, interacting with the students of Zomni Beni. What's going to happen when you're there? Well, what's going to happen is that my students are going to enact uh, arts projects with the kids of Zomni Beni. They'll be dancing with them. They'll be collaborating, uh, making music with them. Uh, there'll be a visual arts project. We're taking some cameras down for the kids of Zomni Beni to uh, build a blog and photograph their lives and uh, share that with us. So there'll be a lot of collaboration going on. There'll also be a lot of dancing and music and singing, which is a, a big part of the culture there. And something that we enjoyed every day that we were in Port-au-Prince in December was the evenings and when the, the heat of the day burns off and it's cool under the mango trees dancing to uh, Haitian music at night. It's a wonderful experience. And so we'll be working on projects, making art, but we'll also be playing Uno and uh, dancing and having fun with the kids. Jonathan Milner teaches AP U.S. Government, Civics, and Economics to high school students at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. He was joined in the studio by UNCSA senior viola student Sean Mulligan and rising junior French hornist Meredith Bain. Tonight at 7.30 in Crawford Hall on the UNCSA campus, they'll be joining forces with several of their classmates for a fun, free evening of student music, dance, drama, visual art, and a bucket brigade performance. You'll find links to more information about the Benefit Concert, Global Arts Project, and more at WFDD.org and click on Triad Arts Weekend. Donations at tonight's concert event will be accepted for the Haiti Project, and those funds will help get the students to Port-au-Prince and fund a continuing arts program at Zanmi Beni Orphanage. Pretty inspiring stuff. 